0: uh this uh frankenstein's monster of a podcast <laughs> we have the Dave's i know minnesota football show minnesota football show slash daves i know uh world cup uh podcast Aganza, something like that oh yeah we are uh we're gonna break down um the world cup for you here the best way that some Minnesotans can we have the uh the wonderful team from the Minnesota football show with us Eric Silver Brennerman hola and Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria, formerly of the 551 podcast, but also currently MN Football Show co-host. Hey, hey. Uh, we also have MJ from the Daves I Know with me as
1: well. How's it going, MJ?
2: I sometimes co-host, uh, but uh, and sometimes guest host on the
1: men's Football Show. Yeah, it's kind of like this is this is the Wu Tang like full <laughs> stage. Like we've all <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, shared yeah. on our right, re- respective projects, but now it's like full Wu Tang out on the stage
3: tripping over each other. That is that is
0: true and we will we will definitely trip over one another so yes um,
3: yes we will and the question uh, the question is which one does which one of us is Riza? that's the question I'm
1: riza I call
2: uh, tag yourself riza we call this twin OB football, football pod nice. super group so listeners out there chime in if you want it to be uh the dave's football show or the Minnesota football show you know or something like that <laughs>
0: Yeah, we didn't, we haven't quite figured out a name for it yet, but um, this is gonna be popping into both uh, the Dave's I know feed as well as the Minnesota Football Show feed. Yes. Um, we, <clears throat> excuse me, I just wanted to do something until yeah, when uh, Eric uh, messaged me and said you guys want to do this, I was like fuck yeah, let's do this. So yeah,
1: so here we are. Here we
0: are. Uh, so let me tell you guys a little bit about how this is gonna go. Um, we're gonna record uh, a podcast. We're going to do four preview uh, group preview podcasts. We're going to do, we're going to tackle a couple groups in each one. So we're going to try and keep these to shorter 45 minute to an hour long episodes. Um, so they're easily digestible. Um, especially if you're like me and listen at 2x speed, you can get bang that shit out in half an hour. Um, <laughs> I do do that actually. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. See, I'm not a monster. Nope, nope,
2: nope.
0: <laughs> so we'll do, we're going to do groups uh, DNA on this podcast. And then later in the week, you'll get groups E and H. Uh, and then obviously next week we'll drop uh, groups C and F, and finally groups B and G, the one with the USA in it. So, um, so that's how it's going to kind of go here for the for this next two weeks. Uh, then once the games start kicking off, we're going to uh, do a podcast sort of recapping um, each round of matches. So after the match day one is all complete, match day two, etc., and then all the way through the knockout rounds as well. So if all goes according to plan and we don't murder each other, that's going to be eleven podcasts. Over the course of the next what five and a half weeks, six weeks, so um,
3: if, send if, us on if, the
1: million dollar Patreon yeah. and send us all on vacation. We're gonna need yeah.
3: it. Yeah, well, <laughs> luckily, well, more more like let's compensate our significant others if yeah, that's those that, have that, that, that too, That's thing. That too.
0: We're gonna have to watch all these games. So yeah, I'm gonna be up at four o'clock in the morning
3: watching soccer. So yeah, we'll definitely. have to yeah, make I sure was take I was watching some of those times and I was like, gosh, four a.m. Maybe I want to watch the 10 o'clock game and a one yeah. game, but I don't know about that four o'clock game. Right. So the nice and thing is, I, yeah, I will be at the
0: black for those four o'clock games because I don't really sleep ever, but it's perfect. Cause I can go watch the four o'clock game, come home, you know, get the kids out of bed, get them to daycare and then pop back in and be back for the, by the, no, or no later than the beginning of the second half of the seven o'clock matches. So um, it's going to be, uh fun time at the black card this uh well it this seemed winter. like
1: fifa kind of fifa'd and at, at least for like the top 10 teams as they currently stand right now like none of those i don't think are at four o'clock they kind of push them i think till some of the later times maybe oh yeah
0: for example like the uh um uh all of the usa games are at one o'clock our time right. which is which is pretty cool so right. uh so yeah so that is basically guys. that's how it's gonna work um we obviously, if you have any thoughts or, or suggestions, um, probably should get to get them to us sooner rather than later as we record a bunch of this stuff early. Uh, and yeah, so let's let's jump into it. Um, we'll start off with Group D, and that is Eric Bredemann. Eric,
2: what do yeah, we need to know about D. Group D?
1: D for Deschamps, D for Denmark. Um, it's a good place to start with, with La France uh, as the defending champions coming into this thing. Uh, Won, obviously, the last World Cup in pretty dominating fashion, spectacular team. Uh, They qualified by winning Group D in UEFA pretty handedly. Um, So many important players, where to begin? They probably have one of the most lethal attacks in this entire tournament. You're talking about Mbappe at PSG, current uh, Ballon d'Or winner, uh, Real Madrid's Karim Benzema. controversial figure. We've talked about that a lot in our program, but does his job and really just destroys that ball and puts it in the net in many, many different ways. And then don't forget Griezmann. He's still doing the thing too. He's at Atlético Madrid. I mean, those are all some of the best strikers in the world. I mean, just yikes, scary. Um, Having said that, I think there are some midfielder and defensive questions compared to the last winning france team and some france teams in the past uh you do have varan coming in for uh from manchester united um on the midfield side you got uh Chumeni and camavinga both at real madrid but also they're not starters at real madrid so that's kind of where the question is is like how fit are they how are they going to slot in as probably starters for the national team when they're not getting that much time with real madrid you know, that's that's kind of the big question mark there. And then of course, no cante or pogba. N'golo cante literally like the glue that held everything together and the last one that they won, and he's done. Um, and then you know, we, we know for keepers that once you start and get your mid 30s, you're still okay, like that that's not a, a uncommon thing, but Loris has been around for a while. So, I mean, maybe there's something there in terms of reaction time and Loris currently versus Loris in the past. Is, is there a difference there? And, and you know, how, how well is he going to be uh, fit? So having said that, they're still going to be awesome. right? You still have top talent in the world, particularly on the attack. Um, we're talking about a 3-4-3 three, three most likely. And as I kind of alluded to, just aggression. I mean, they're just going to go straight at these teams and just let those forwards just destroy and hopefully not get hit on a counter. Um, and hopefully that midfield and D, like I mentioned, will hold. But that attack is just going to be devastating for a lot of people. Um, most important match will be against Denmark on November 26th. That will likely be for the first or second spot. Maybe they tie and then just kind of throw it up and see see what happens in terms of goals for, probably just determining who's going to be one or two there. Um, some fun facts about the country: if they were to pull off the repeat that would put them in extremely elite company. it's only happened twice in the history of the World Cup. Uh, First time was during Fasci Mussolini times, gentlemen. Uh, Italy, 1934 and 38. And then the other one obviously was Pelé times with Brazil, 58 and 62. So they would slot in as the third team to ever repeat if they were able to pull that off. Um, I put in here that I'm old enough to remember uh, Deschamps who's now the coach as a player <laughs> on the 98 winning squad when i was in france in 98 on an exchange program and he was the uh, kind of the destroyer midfielder and he would do a lot of the media stuff they, they would talk to um oh it was the name of the uh, platini was the coach who got into massively corrupt terrible fifa things shortly after he was done coaching but platini had the the wherewithal to pass the mike to uh Deschamps all the time and kind of let him be the face of the team and he was he was great as like an ambassador. Um I put in here too while I was there we, we tried to go to a match but there was a t- there was a ticket scandal in 1998 and we were going to go to a match in Lille but because of all the, like the the fake scalp tickets it was really hard to just like go unless, unless you had bought tickets like you know 6 months before the tournament. Anyway, that's France. Any questions, comments what do you guys got?
0: No man, I think you pretty much you pretty much nailed it. So yeah. Um, Conte, so, losing Conte is, is is a big blow for them. For it's sure.
1: huge. It's huge. I mean, he really was you know the center of the universe of that that previously um, previous cup winning team. Um, so I mentioned you know they, they had this powerful attack. There might be some questions on on the D in the midfield. And and this this kind of leads into the next group. You know that superpower where you know, somebody stands there and like takes the blows or takes the lasers or whatever, and just like absorbs the energy and then like launches it back full power against the opponent. (laughs) So I think the team that can do that is Denmark and they are in the same group. Um, A very, very strong team. So they qualified by winning group F. Um, Important players here. I mean, you got to start by talking about Christian Eriksen and Probably one of the greatest football narratives I've ever heard or seen in my entire life. Uh, the Lazarus story of this man dying essentially in the Euros just, what was it, a, two years ago, a year ago? It wasn't that long ago. One year, right? Two years. Two years it doesn't yeah. feel like two. Yeah. And then coming back and ju- just the fact that he came back. I mean, you can just start there, full stop. He survives, right? Dies survives but then this narrative of getting back to football and getting back to the premier league and then having success at uh the bees right is it uh brentford i can't remember yeah yeah brentford and and tearing it up and tearing it up like ridiculous goals ridiculous assists like how is this happening like the man literally was clinically dead and, and he's like doing all these incredible things and now at Manchester United, um, and vibes. I just put in your vibes like for these national teams, there's just not a lot of time to coalesce and build identities and you're playing for the country. Sure. But like this team is playing for Christian Erickson, man, like that is their identity. And that is huge when you go into these kind of tournaments. Um, So, yeah, it starts there and kind of ends there with him. I also put in a great goalkeeper still with Schmeichel. He's currently at Nice. Christensen's kind of running the defense, Barcelona. uh, Braithwaite, really talented striker. uh, Formerly, I think he was at Barca before. Now he's at Espanol. He just walked across the street. Uh, Really, really talented striker. Um, how they play, I put they can flow. Uh, they, can, they can hit the counters. They can also be really aggressive. They're they a possession-based team. Erickson wants that ball. They want to hold possession, hold the ball, play keep away, and then just pounce and destroy when they can. 4-3-3 uh, three, three most likely because I mentioned that. Um, same as before in terms of their, their most important match, it's going to be that France match for one or two or the tie or whatever it's going to be. Um, fun facts. Uh, I also lived in Denmark. I lived in Denmark more than I lived in France. In fact, um, there was a tradition. So when you're on the on the ocean there, there's a, um, a Little Mermaid. Hans Christian, Hans Christian Andersen's presence is all over the place in Copenhagen, and a, it was tradition to steal the head of the Little Mermaid statue. And this actually happened while I was living there. <laughs> and it's just, like the locals just like, oh, there it goes again. The head's gone um and then it, and then it reappears like it's just a thing people do but apparently it got to the point where they they put a like a rebar like a metal bar into the head so they could no longer be stolen after like the 10th time that somebody stole the little mermaid's head um i had a, I had a lot of fun living there i went to parkin stadium i got to see a couple um fc Copenhagen matches they were great the bromby rivalry is insane i got to participate in that absolutely insane um and So with this team kind of similar to where France has been since that uh, 98 winning team, the national team has finally started to embrace uh, non-European Danish immigrants. So like brown and black, first, second generation Danes. And and you see that in this team, which is another one of their strengths. Um, They're really good. And I should mention in here too, uh, They well, this will come into the predictions later, I suppose, but they recently beat France. So keep that in mind as a, as a uh, something to come here. A teaser, a teaser. Let's talk Tunisia. Tunisia, they qualified uh, in the very last round of AFCON by beating Mali yes. and, uh, or CAF, I guess, is the confederation. Um, so they beat Mali there, they're in. They have a stout back line. They only allowed two goals in qualifying, I learned. Uh, really good defender, Talbi, he's at uh, Lorient in Liga. Uh, Maloul, he's at Al-Ahi in Egypt. Uh, talented striker Kasri, he's at Montpellier also in Liga. He had put up 24 goals or 20, uh, 24 league on goals over his career. How does Tunisia play? Probably a 4-3-3, not gonna lie, not a big specialist on this team, but that's my guess. Um, fun facts about the country. This will be their third World Cup they participated in. They go by the Eagles of Carthage. They have a lot of players. In fact, most of their players in Ligue 1. So they are very familiar with a lot of those French players and their group partners now too. They will play each other. Um, so I put in here anti-colonial energy. So it'll be an interesting one when they go at each other. And in fact, um, Lorient just played uh, PSG and they held him. They lost, but they held him pretty well. So that was Talby there once again taking on Mbappe, which he'll do again. So. You know they, they know, they know what they're up against. Uh, Australia, this one is the one that hurts Rodrigo. They uh, qualified on in that uh, intercontinental or interconfederation, whatever we're calling it, playoff with Conmebol uh, beating Rodrigo's Peru on a nil-nil PK
3: win. Sorry, man. <laughs> we well, talked about I mean, it on we'll, our show. Well, fine. Well, I mean, I don't know when this will come out, but like hopefully by November 10th, the yes, TAS will have that's, a, that's a whole other thing. We, we'll, we'll have, put that one we'll at have the end a better our definition show. of what's going on with uh, the <laughs> uh, Coma drama that plays longer than any telenovela running on in, in Brazil TV. Yeah,
1: that, that's, last, that's listen to the last five minutes of, of our show we just recorded yesterday. That's, we talk about that's literally in
0: my notes for, uh, for Ecuador. So we it's can talk so about funny. It there
1: too. <laughs> it's so funny. Respect the bit. They're, they just won't let it go. Um, anyway, so that's how that got in. They kind of sneaked in literally one of the last teams. Um, important players, you know, there's not a lot of superstars. Uh, you got, uh, Hustik, I think is how you pronounce his name. Hellas Verona midfielding midfield playmaker. Um, the goalkeeper, Ryan has been around for a while. He is at FC Copenhagen. As I just mentioned before, he has some champions league experience. Um, I'll throw it to you guys. Do you guys know any other like badass Australian players on this team?
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, Eric, I do. Uh, Jackson Irvine is okay. a midfielder from, uh, FC South Pauli. Um, okay, he's been scoring, he's been scoring goals for Sonic Pauli. I'm not sure, I think he started their last uh, their, their last couple of matches um, in that September window. Um, but you know, St. Pauli is a fun, really kick ass club, yes, um, they are. And so, we always want to cheer. And I think he's the only um, the only player from uh, St. Pauli that is representing a national team. The, he, there's oh, another Austra- very cool, there's very another cool. Australian on the team, but he I don't think he's going to make the roster. So, um, Dope. so yeah, if you. Want to cheer for a Bundesliga uh, player? Well, Jackson and Irwin. like, and he's got a, he's the, got a, he's got a sweet ass mustache too. Let's put it that way. Sweet. sweet.
1: I was going to say one of the most badass teams in terms of radical, anti-fascist, anti-racist, and uh, just all the good stuff for, in terms of ideology. I mean, that's that's the St. Pauli. Um, this one was a little tricky. How they play? I saw a couple different things online, and it seems like um, if, it seems like a four-five-one. I'm not completely sure. So. put it up there i don't don't know um most important match i just said all it's going to be a rough ride (laughs) any points which in fact goes for tunisia too i forget i think i forgot to mention that um fun facts they did advance in the 2006 world cup they actually went to the knockouts and then um kangaroos are cool (laughs) i forgot um so your match days look like this you've got uh denmark and tunisia on the 22nd and france and uh australia as well match day two on the on november 26th is the big one uh france and denmark and then australia and tunisia three is tunisia france oh sorry um november 30th france tunisia and denmark australia now group predictions i i went bold zeller because i know you like the bold stuff um if you if France is the easy bet, you know, and you're probably right about that. However, I just think writing pure vibes and writing an entire team completely unified around Christian Erikson and his narrative, I, I know what that can do to these kind of teams that have such limited time together in terms of building a cohesive squad that can get out there and, you know, not just play for their country, but play for this superhuman, whoever, whoever, whatever he is, I think Denmark win this group um I think it'll be tight I I maybe they tie the the France Denmark match and then maybe somehow they get like an extra goal and they, they they go one on goals four or something like that um it's probably wrong you know France might do it but I I'm, I'm going with my heart and saying Denmark have this um and it'll be awesome so yeah and France number two
0: so you think France is gonna uh avoid the curse of the previous world champion not making it out of the group stage huh no France think, Fra- France will think,
1: go. You'll think go T- to T- Tunisia. Yeah. Pippam. I th- I think that'll be the that'll be a very tough match for them. I I think they probably win it, but maybe that's the one where say Denmark beats them 2-0 and uh they score a goal or whatever against France and it's a 2-1 so they so Denmark goes first on goals for something like that. Yeah.
3: I don't know. I mean like if if you remember the 2018 right France struggled through group stages to be able to muster that offense. It wasn't until they got out of the group stage that they actually started hitting cylinders and stuff like that. Peru slowed them down. the The, the key to slowing down um, France is, is is slowing down a transition. That's literally what you have to do. So, and, so, you,
1: so you guys are being even bolder and saying they're not going to
3: get out. No, I'm just saying that's that's that that what? the France is not is it, it's not the top top team top team i mean e- even if tunisia
1: beats them they, they could still probably go second with like four points or whatever it is
0: um i mean if tunisia beats australia and draws france like, all right all right I, I see so like i think it's i think it's like something like four of the last five winners of the previous world cup haven't gotten out of the group stage like it happened to germany uh Last last time, right? They didn't make it out of the group yep. stage. Um, S- Spain in 2014. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I so, think
1: they make it out. I, I do not think they repeat. I will say that. Yeah,
0: I think I think honestly, losing Conte is is tough. I mean, Pogba, yeah. Pogba, Pogba, too, so. Pogba for whatever reason, she shows up in a French shirt, like he doesn't in any other uh, shirt. But um, right. that's not Juve, apparently. Um, <laughs> but uh, but losing Conte is, you know, you say that with with Chelsea when when they lost Conte and sort of how that team sort of took a long time to you know recover and figure something else out so yeah yeah i
3: think that's my question is what are they going to do to funnel that that offense through right i mean exactly if you're going to play boot and run um high school way that i don't know how how that's going to work for them to be able to be successful unless unless we just have a rematch of you know mbappe just out running 30 30 11 people to be able to score a goal but yeah i
1: mean the the dudes are good like you know Carabinga and uh and chumeni like they're they're world-class players you kind of have to be if if real madrid is going to sign you but it's just that thing of they're not starting and how's the gel with the national team anyway i'm sticking with my prediction denmark one France two.
0: cool all right well uh one of the cool things we're going to talk about is the, the fire shirt of the group Um, Mm -hmm. This could be hot as in it's going to be banger, but maybe there's a a shirt that you really, really, really need to, they need to rethink that. Um, What is the uh, set on fire (laughs) that you want to set on fire? Hopefully it's (laughs) the former, not the latter. Uh, uh, Eric, what is the fire shirt of this, uh, of this group? And tell us a little bit about it.
1: The fire shirt of this group is the home kit of Tunisia. Uh, It is awesome. And in fact, it is red, like the fogel that you're talking about, like fire. Um, And it's got this really cool, kind of uh, graphic in the background that is the this is a new word that i just recently learned it's called the cuirass, which apparently like game of thrones that's the armor like the breastplate armor that you know the soldiers wear um so it's a cuirass found in 1909 of the face of Carth- carthaginian general hannibal that used to like beat the living hell out of the romans um it's really cool. So you, you got to take a look at it. Cause it's got, it's got the, like the face plate and then it's got a couple of like circle things up top. Uh, it's dope as hell. If, if, you, if you've got a badass general from antiquity, <laughs> you, th- you throw that thing on the kit, baby. <laughs> that's
0: that's cool. Well, if you have that or something uh, and you want to get a shirt uh, design uh, podium, where is is sponsoring the podcast? They're sponsoring the fire shirt of the group state second here. Um, and you know, they can design, it's yeah, super cool, unique, one-of-a-kind jerseys. I was actually at their warehouse today. I saw kind of the, the process of it really goes from one office to another to another. It's everything's in-house. Everything's made in Minnesota. Um, so local design, local customer service, production, and um, you know, high-quality, durable gear that will last your, your team, whether it's a, a, a rec league, uh, you know, a co-ed team, a youth team, a high school team. It'll last you guys for a long time. So if you are interested in learning a little bit more about soccer jerseys from Podium Wear, you can reach out to Brian at 651-895-4559, uh, or you can email him, Brian, at com. Uh, and thanks to PodiumWare for helping sp- uh, sponsor these World
3: Cup podcasts. It's super awesome of them. So thanks, all right, Podium Wear. Yeah. No, no I was just going to say they're really cool when they make that online store for you right yeah
0: yeah if you had, if you're not familiar if you had a few of a blackheart shirt blackheart did their shirts through podium wear and everything was done online it was super cool
3: yep so their online store is pretty cool you go in there um their their um look look their spot is pet friendly so I i remember walking through with them and having having seen animals around there so it's yeah it's just a, a very very small a very unique place to go to so
0: yeah, and they're located right in St. Paul, right, uh, like by yeah. Raymond and University Avenue there, so you can even take the take the train, so uh, cool. All right, well, let's jump into the second group of the podcast, and that is me, and it's Group A. Um, so Group A is interesting. We'll start with the host, Qatar. Uh, how they qualify for their tournament by spending millions of dollars a decade ago to a group of people who have all since resigned in disgrace or went to jail. money
1: bags, lots of money bags, so, and probably drugs, <laughs> lots of, lots of hotel rooms and
0: briefcases with uh, unspecified jewels and, and treasures and things in them. Yes.
3: And, That's... And, um, <laughs> and, cruise ships as hotels, uh, <laughs> cruise ships as hotels. Yes. So bad. Um, I was so talking bad. to
0: Why? just a quick Why? tangent. I was talking to a couple of folks who are going to Qatar, uh, like leaving in like a week and a half or so. I'm just, I, so what similar things they were saying about like what they needed to do and all that was just like, oh man, you guys have talked about in your podcast about needing a line of credit to a massive line of credit to, to be able to afford to go. And
3: yeah, it's uh interesting. So let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, we can, we can, we can, we can deep dive at one point if we want to, but just the restrictions and then, you know, the latest new of, of, of Qatar actually paying people to go to oh, give positive light so yeah maybe
0: maybe that's a patreon only segment or something yeah, so, so that's something um, we could we could dive into but yeah we'll talk yeah, about that totally buddy if, if, if we all don't want to like murder each other at this point we can maybe save that for the patreon all right uh qatar so you know they don't have a ton of players that people would know um probably the the important name that if you're watching any of these matches with qatar you want to sort of highlight is almost ali uh, he's a striker Uh, He scored four goals at the 2021 Gold Cup last year, or two years, yeah, last year. Um, And uh, that was only in five matches. Um, He's averaged basically. He played the Asian Cup in 2019, so over the last three years, he's averaged better than a goal per game, which is pretty impressive. Um, They and they have not just played um, pushovers. They, you know, they they played in uh, UEFA group um, in order to sort of stay fit. They've played in. um, They did some World Cup qualifying in order to qualify for an Asian Cup, so they've been playing not the toughest message in the world, but he's scored a lot of goals. So they also have a lot of naturalized citizens, um, people that, uh, you know, there's way there's many ways to become a, a naturalized citizen of a country and, and qualify for FIFA. And let's just say the, uh, the Qataris have uh, pushed those boundaries. If you will, yeah, on some J- of these guys,
1: J- Johnny Infantino was, was, was very generous.
0: <laughs> yes, Exactly. <laughs>
1: Oh, your uh, your great grandfather went to Brazil on vacation. Great, you're Qatari.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's one uh, guy that they that they were trying to get thrown out. U A the UAE was, um, and then magically um, that guy's mom found a Qatari birth certificate that she had yeah. from when she was born in Qatar. Um, weird. How so, yeah.
1: yeah. Amazing. Uh,
0: so Qatar uh, plays in a three-three-two-two. I, don't, I haven't seen much of guitar. I, I did watch their, uh, world, the Gold Cup semifinal game against the U.S., and they, um, unlike most teams you'd think you know, that are sort of in the, in the 40s or whatever in the FIFA World Cup rankings, they're not really a team to bunker. They want to play fast uh, as well. They, they really took it to the United States, actually, and, and were unlucky to not have scored in that game. Their most important match is, I think, obviously, their opening match versus Ecuador. They need to get some points if, if they have any idea – um, or any plan of, of making it out of the group, which is, I think, a very, very long shot. Um, that opening match is taking place. It's actually moved up today, so it's the only match of the day, which which how most World Cups are, but then Qatar decided to do it differently and then changed their mind. It's just a, a whole cluster of things. Uh, fun fact about the country. Uh, it recorded an all-time high temperature of 122.7 degrees in 2010 and that they use outdoor air conditioning systems in order to keep the country livable. Um, and they also promised us floating uh, stadiums and uh, made up clouds that would rain and, you know, keep the temperatures cool during the summer. So we could have a summer world cup, which then of course, obviously
1: they could not do. There, there was one fact that I, I mentioned on the pod. I don't know if it was the last episode, but it was mm-hmm. two of us. It doesn't matter. But the thing was that when, when this bid was going through in um, I think it was 2010 when they announced, right? Um, yeah.
0: 2010. Yeah. 2010.
1: 2010. Yeah. They, they didn't even have a city in existence. They had a name, but there was like, there was no infrastructure. There was no housing. There was, it was just desert. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to do the thing here. We're <laughs> going to build a stadium and we're going to like, we're going to have citizens. It's like, and it's to, not even to, on the map.
0: Yeah. To their, <laughs> I mean, they, they did it. So, I mean, like they built a city in less than, the, in less than 12, less than 12 years.
1: Um, Amazing. And insane. They
0: built, they built like an entire um, like, you know rail infrastructure um i mean so there are like yes there's lots of terrible terrible things um but if that's what it takes to you know get uh actually good rail in the in a country bring on all the world cups please world cups every six months <laughs> man
1: at, at yeah. the expense we should mention of the six thousand or however many it has been it's essentially yes, slave labor it's... uh south asians that have tragically lost their lives and all yeah that is a nightmare
3: I can't wait till someone makes like a futuristic movie and like you know one of the pan images is like this is what the world used to be like and you know it's all desert and 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 soccer stadiums in qatar uh in the year twenty two forty five or something like that you know and that's what they'll think of us that, that'll be perfect yeah please continue
1: dave
0: <laughs> yes uh so a team that will um get out of this group and and actually i think it's got a good shot of winning the whole damn thing the Netherlands, uh, they won, they qualified by winning uh, UEFA Group G, uh, 7-2-1, 23 points, just edging out Turkey by two points. Important players, um, obviously, I speak very highly of Virgil van Dijk, uh, Big verge. He is, you know, arguably, I mean, maybe not this year so far, but arguably the best defender uh, in the world, has been uh, for probably most of the last uh, five years. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all there is to say about that. Also plays for my beloved Liverpool. Um, uh, Matthias uh, DeLitt is going to be the other center back with him. He's also a pretty damn good defender, but uh, obviously not as good as Virgil. Uh, Frankie de Jong in the midfield. Uh, Memphis Depay are in the Barca attacker. Those are the the big ones in terms of getting goals for the Netherlands. Uh, Player to look out for is Cody Gakpo, um, possible breakout star. He's a winger from PSV Eindhoven. And actually, was getting some sniffs around from Leeds, uh, Nottingham Forest, and Southampton last year. And uh, checks notes Manchester United was looking at him. Weird. I wonder why that was. Um, so, if he has a really good tournament, if he, he's a he's a winger, um, he can move up and, and play as a striker. Um, you know, more of a, he's definitely more of a attack minded winger. If he has a good tournament, you could see the uh, the uh, money bags roll in to Eindhoven for him. They play traditionally a 4-3-3, um, but they have been playing some back threes in the UEFA Nations League, so they do have that in their arsenal to roll out. Uh, Louis Van Hall is, is the manager. He's back again for a second run at, um, at a World Cup tournament.
1: They're... I think you mean
0: Van Hall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, their most important match is going to be in the round of 16 when they play either the England or the U.S., um, but in the group, um, honestly, I think Senegal is obviously the, the biggest competition for them for winning this group. So that match against uh, Senegal will be the most important uh, fun fact about the country. 55% of the country's residents selected no religion in their most recent census. So the country is majority non-religious, not even agnostic or atheist. It's just no religion. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I also think that their <laughs> the name of the highest elevation in the country, um, which is at 887 meters, is named Mount Scenery. And that's because you can see every country in the area from that point, because um, you know, the Sorry. Netherlands. The Netherlands is a, traditionally a low lying country. So, uh, all right, let's move on to Ecuador. Our good friends, Ecuador. How they qualified? They finished fourth in Comable on twenty six points. Uh, apparently, eight of those points though were secured with a non uh, non eligible player, according to Chile. Yes. <laughs> Just nudging out uh, unfortunately Peru. Um, and they beat Chile in court a couple times. I think there's one more court case to go. So we'll see how that, that turns out. Hey, Rodrigo, if you want to talk about this whole thing right now, by all means, like I'll I'll cede the floor to you. It's it's I cu- I can't do it any justice.
3: I, I don't know. I mean, like depending on when this comes out, like the TAS is going to have their final ruling on November 10th. All the all the arguments that were made on November 4th and 5th by uh, Chile um Peru was kind of named in the last just by default right in a sense and so you know like as a as a Peruvian um as a Peruvian national team you know um person it's just that you know we, we lost to Australia we should have lost to Australia it happened take your losses take your gamble and just go home you know I mean like but this is what Chile does right literally that's what Chile does i mean like you you look at you know copa america you look at just about any other time i mean you know it's 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 just interesting watching the drama develop and that's just all this is because i think fifa already ruled that that um that the player was eligible and so this is the last step so we'll see
1: It's some amazing level of pettiness they're like taking it all the way basically until kickoff of the actual tournament it's incredible
0: yeah, it, it really, it really truly is. So, uh, so important players. So this Ecuador team is uh, just doing a little bit of research. It's very, very young. Um, They're probably most important player. Uh, Moises Caicedo, 20 uh, year old uh, Brighton um, center midfielder. Can play as both of like a six or an eight. Um, he's definitely much better as sort of that enforcer, um, but he's uh, good enough. If you give him space, the dude can run and he can hit, he can hit a pretty pass too. So he's going to be the, the sort of the most important player for Ecuador. Um, the guy scoring the goals though, is um, stop me. If you've heard this name before enter Valencia uh, still kicking it for, for Ecuador and uh, Fenerbahce in, um, in the uh, Turkish superliga. So um, yeah, he scored, he got 12 goals and 11 matches for Fenerbahce. So he's definitely in form, which uh, you know, that's always good. They play mostly in a 4 2 3 1. And they're definitely their most important match is going to be that opener against Qatar. Again, if Ecuador wants to get out of this group, they definitely need to get three points in that match. Uh, some fun facts about the country it's the most biodiverse nation per square mile and uh, encompasses the Galapagos Islands, which are fucking dope. So good on Ecuador. All right, finally, the last group, last team in group A, uh, Senegal. Uh, they qualified by winning uh CAF group H and then they um drew with Egypt 1-1 over two legs in uh, Senegal 1 on penalties um with Sani Omane scoring the winning penalty and and uh Mosala missing his these teams had those two teams had played previously like 3 weeks previously in the uh, AFCON tournament um with Senegal again winning on penalties <laughs> so so, uh, Sadio Mane and Moussa, team leads at the time, played a lot of games against one another in a very short period of time. Um, and Sadio Mane was vi- victorious in all of them. So he is their most important player, obviously. He now plays for Bayern Munich, scoring goals at will for them. Um, you know, he's the guy, uh, he's the talisman for that entire country. Um, obviously, Sadio Mane. Um, Kaladu Koulibaly, uh, the Chelsea defender. He is another important player, as well as Chelsea keeper, uh, Edouard Mendy. Um, a potential breakout player. I think this is going to get a big ass transfer regardless of how he plays, but you know, if he plays a, a really well in the tournament, um, he could definitely see his transfer value. Jump up is a Sar uh plays for Watford um, played up in the premier league last year. You'll probably tell me, you know, my uh, like my uh, picking on the EPL players. Cause that's the league I watch the most, unfortunately. So, but it's male. Very good. Uh, I will posit, and Rodrigo, Eric, MJ, you guys can weigh in that Senegal has the most handsome coach oh, in the I was, tournament. I was going to do it if and, you weren't. I'm glad uh, you I, went there. Aliou uh, Cisse is the most handsome manager in the World Cup.
1: Um, not head. We could fire.
0: We'll have to. T- we'll have to throw that out to Jess. To have her maybe rank the uh, hotness of the World Cup uh, managers um, next week when when she's on the podcast. But that dude is um, just. That is that's a man. That's what a man looks like. Yep. It's yep, beautiful. 100%. Beautiful man. I remember so. talking
1: about him 4 years ago too. It's just <laughs> like there, there's one coach in a sea of blah. <laughs> I mean when Ali
0: Ali Ucisse and uh, and Louis van Hul, uh, shake hands, it's it's nothing. I mean it just it just like blows him away. Blows yep. him away. Let yes. Louis van Hall ha, ha, just make sure make sure his wife is not at that match because how right. how could you go home to Louis after seeing Ali Usise Cisse uh, shake his hand, so well said. Uh, <laughs> well said. They play a four three three, and again, like I said, with the Netherlands, the, I think these are probably going to, you know, try to get some diversity in the next uh, several podcasts. But the most important matches versus the Netherlands because that's probably going to be determined who wins the group there. Uh, fun facts about the country: so Senegal is dealing with some uh, super homophobia on their squad. Um, they are, they're, they're not, they had some players sit out matches because of that uh, they were uh, pride matches, things like that. So that's not super great. If you, I like cheering for Senegal because they play a really exciting, um, attacking brand of soccer. But then you realize that they have some real assholes on their team. And that's not super great. So just heads up, if you want to cheer for Senegal, I would highly encourage it because they are fun. They're going to be a fun team. And they are Africa's, I would say they are Africa's best chance at making it to a uh, semifinal or a final even. Um, if they if lightning strikes for these guys, uh, but they also have some very uh, problematic men um, on their roster. Uh, also, their most popular sport is not soccer. It's actually wrestling. So go figure. Interesting. Super homophobia and wrestling. So those two things, you know, you know.
1: <laughs> w- w- welcome to MMA fandom <laughs> as well. Yes. Um, as,
0: as, as a former wrestling coach, I can I can definitely tell you I can attest to some of the homophobia I saw. Uh, yeah. Amongst uh, the uh, fellow wrestling coaches, most people who were like twenty years my elder at that at that point. But
1: um, um, yeah. what was I going to say? Uh, bu- 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 bu. Was it the was it the O two Japan Korea where mm-hmm. where they knocked out France? Is that the cup? Which one was it? Were Senegal? yes,
2: yes,
0: yeah, that yeah. was yeah, two thousand
1: two. Amazing, um, probably For their best run. Yeah. So
0: and then oh yeah, so the match day. So match day one is Qatar Ecuador actually takes place on Sunday. Um, that's the opening kickoff match of the tournament. Uh, and then on the 21st, is Netherlands versus Senegal. Uh, match day two is on the 25th, uh, Qatar, Senegal, and Netherlands, Ecuador. And then on the match day three, which is on the 29th, uh, Qatar, Netherlands, and Ecuador and Senegal uh, play. So I, you know, pretty standard Netherlands, Senegal. I have Qatar finishing third and Ecuador uh, finishing fourth. Um, I think Ecuador is poised to have a really Good tournament in 2026, but they're a very young team. They're not as young, quite as young as the U.S., but they, their, their best players, their, their most promising players are, you know, around those same ages of like the Gio Reinas and Christian Pulisic's and stuff. So I think this is the tournament where they get a little more, um, a little more seasoning, and then 2026 is when they really um,
3: come to show. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting take. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, I I I didn't think you'd be putting Ecuador under Qatar, but that's 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 a new for me. I think so I think Qatar steals steals a point in that game I think
0: it's the first game of the tournament um Key, keyword steal <laughs> keyword steal exactly
3: I mean uh, steal or pay under the table which is the yeah, exactly. way, either that's, one of them. that's what I'm Bri- saying
0: bribe, bribe their way. I mean bribe their way yes. to a, a, a one one draw um they get a they get a shady penalty late listen um,
2: we have all watched football referees and football referees are known for being some of the most consistent and fair people out there with the best (laughs) vision and positioning so i don't see how anyone can like possibly you know affect this match in any way i mean
1: russia completely made it legitimately to the quarterfinals last time like no complaint i mean it was clear no issues right no problems
2: Wait, where's I mean, Russia again? I mean,
1: How come they weren't invited, guys? <laughs> I, I can't
3: I can't I, I can't uh, I'm probably seeing that Ted Uncle gets called to call this game in order for this to happen and then there we go. That is that is the reason that that Qatar makes it out of out of the bottom of this group. See, um, you guys you guys talked yourselves into it. I'm I just I'm just throwing it out
0: there. You talk <laughs> yourselves into it.
1: I think I think Holland scares the crap out of me. I think I think they're really good and I think they're pissed like the u i mean more so the, similar to the u.s where they, they lost out on the last world cup and so they're, they're playing with that fire on their asses i think i think i think they're going to be just blowing people away yeah i mean they,
0: they really this is the, this is you know much like belgium although not quite as old as belgium like this is the chance they have with the with the players that they have at sort of the peak of their powers right like yep. virgil van dyke's gonna be four years older in 2026 and you know to i mean they, they obviously the netherlands has uh a ton of uh great pipeline for talent um yeah so we're not worried about that but for like for their you know main players this is probably their their best shot so mm-hmm. and i i i'll legitimately i'm um, we'll, we'll maybe do you know at the end some predictions about the overall who's gonna win and everything i really think netherlands could go far they have a a pretty i mean a, a relatively easy path to the quarterfinals um all things considered yeah.
1: So, I got to look at that bracket, but they'd be on the same side as Argentina, though. That'd be a hell of a match. They would, so Netherlands they, and Argentina would be amazing.
0: Well, so the group A plays group B. So, you know, whoever finishes first in group A will get the second place group B team, obviously vice versa. So, um, you know, you win that, you, you know, if it's the U.S., you beat the U.S. And then I think, yeah, I think, but I think it's pretty easy until the quarterfinals. And that's where I think they would line up with or the, or the quarterfinals. Yeah. We'll have
3: to look at the bracket, but we'll have to look at it. Yeah. <clears throat> We'll do that. I think the, okay. the power of Byron Castillo takes, takes Ecuador into <laughs> the next round. Oh, Rodrigo. Oh,
0: okay. Throwing out some throwing out some, okay. uh,
3: some gems there. Well, wow.
0: cool. We are also brought to you by Pence Homes, uh, PenceHomes.com. Take it
3: away, Eric.
1: This Minnesota football show and the Dave's I Know production monstrosity is brought to you by the team at Pence Homes at Keller Williams Classic Realty Northwest. Pence Homes will help walk you through the process of selling and buying a home in a time frame that works best for you. If you have any home-related questions about equity, home projects, or when is the right time to sell or buy, contact them at pencehomes.com or 612-308-1122. Nate and his team always greatly supported local Minnesota football and football podcasts and we're thrilled that they are helping us out around uh this time as well. Once again, contact Pence homes at penshomes.com 612 308
0: Uh all right, is there anything else, gentlemen? Um uh any other things that we missed that Eric or I missed that uh you want to play out or any particular games of those six, um six, you know, six, or whatever, sorry. uh 12 games that are coming up that you're interested in, besides the ones we kind of talked about.
3: No, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested just in, just uh to see how the group, this group that we traditionally talk to plays out to be the thing. I think Qatar is the unknown factor, but I also, I've also seen Ecuador play. And so, yeah, you know, they can score goals when they feel like it. And then you also have uh, Minnesota United connection with Romario Barra, who plays for that team, right? And so, like... Is he going to make the make the roster? I, I I don't see... Yeah, I mean, I don't see... I mean, he's been called have, up Have before. they released I don't yet? Know. I'll take a look. Uh,
2: Ecuador isn't on Wikipedia, but, you know, they're, I mean, the team is, but the current World Cup roster isn't there yet. But So they, they may I, not have I, released. I think most of the rosters have been released. I just want to mention that... Mentioned that for Qatar to play for Qatar and FIFA eligibility, that those rules were put for that. I just want to say that two players from Sudan, two players from Iraq, a player from Algeria, a player from Egypt, a player from Portugal, and a player from France. <laughs> now that isn't the majority of the team, right? Most of the team was was born in in, in Qatar, and I'm certain that if you look at other or MLS, other FIFA international teams. They have players born outside of the country they're representing. The difference is how these players became Qatari players, which is a exercise for the listener.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Like obviously the U S has lots of players that have maybe some dubious uh, ties to the United States and certainly have had that in the past. Um, It's a, yeah, it's not so much the, uh, how much yeah it's the 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 dollar bills that are that are there yeah. um there are there actually were a couple
2: actually, uh, um, I'm not reg- saying the U.S. Soccer Federation isn't shady as fuck or hasn't done some shady deals in the past but the difference is we haven't been hosting a World Cup and say oh we're hosting we should get a lot more players that know what the fuck they're doing we, we're always trying to get more players we're always asking you know players born in other countries that have have more, uh, soccer acumen than players born in the U.S. To like, oh, you were born on a military base, come, come play for the U.S. Like that's our shtick.
3: Yeah, I was agreeing with you, MJ. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for like Amazing. you know that that would be like an awesome. I don't know how to like, feel
2: right now, Zeller. I don't know how to feel. You agree with me?
3: Yeah. It's just, it's just. I think overall, like you know, I would love to just see which. Federation of Saudi Qatar would actually want to fight over Qatari uh naturalized citizens or by vice versa. Just like I just I just don't know. I think that would be an interesting story, but just overall, I mean
1: I mean I, I assume you're you're passport comes with an oil field and like 500 million dollars
3: <laughs> it's kind oh, of
1: the deal I would imagine yeah, you know. <laughs> that's that's that was the point I was trying to
0: make it was that it's a um, it's a little more a uh, little more shady on that end um yeah. I will say th- there are a couple of the of, of the players that are naturalized citizens who like moved to Qatar when they were young joined like the uh, spire academy which is a, a, a thing that they started up after they were um given the right to host the tournament here they started. a basically to identify talent but also bring the talent in you know so there's it's not all terribly shady but it's mostly mostly terribly shady let's put it that way there's maybe like five percent not shady but it's like 95 percent shady as fuck so man
1: all uh right, right on well, hey, next?
0: we did we guys we got through two groups man we're hey. uh, we're halfway. yeah we're halfway there so um remember um Thank you again to Podium Wear for uh, sponsoring the podcast. If you have custom team, club, clean team and club soccer uniforms or apparel needs, um, you can contact Brian at six five one eight nine five four five five nine, or you can email him at brian at dot uh, Just
2: have a group of you who like watching soccer together, and you want to get friends together and all have the same kit. Hit them up.
3: Yep. Yep. I um, designed them for you as well, too. So they, they're, they're the whole like in-house, they have everything yeah. you can go ahead and figure it out to make kit. So they're podium getting their
0: money's worth on this episode of the podcast. That's for damn sure. So uh <laughs> if you guys if you guys like the work that we're doing, um you can contribute to our Patreons, uh the uh, Minnesota Football Show, uh Patreon.com slash Mn Football Show. Uh, it's F-U-T-B-O-L show, uh, or the Daves I know on Patreon as well. Um, if you want to reach out to uh, Rodrigo and Eric and the crew um, at MN football show on Twitter um, or TDIKMN on Twitter for us. I'm at Texas Zeller. Rodrigo is at RSC spoken word. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Um, you can hit Twitterless Eric up on his Instagram, uh, his IG at Eric S B musica. And uh, Jess is as always at Jessica One uh, Four Four Zero Eight Three Nine Two. niner two. Thanks old. for, yeah thanks for listening to the podcast everybody Uh, we'll be back later in the week with uh, our next round which is groups E and H so uh, stay tuned for that